It is now time for the moment that everybody's been waiting for. I know I'm stoked. Alan is stoked. All of our listeners are stoked, and I'm hoping that this is the right number, because if it's not, that would be very funny. But uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead to line two, and what we hope is the ROH world champion, Nigel McGinnis. What's happening? Not a whole lot. Just got done working out, so uh, just relaxing. <laughs> very nice, very nice. How have you been? Yeah, I can't complain, you know. I've uh, been uh, having a bit of downtime, which uh, after the last few months I kind of needed. So it's been nice, just relaxing and rehabbing, enjoying myself, living a good life. Yeah, man. How, how are you feeling? Because I mean, you had a con- you had a concussion not too long ago. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, December twenty ninth, uh, I had a mild concussion, and uh, New Year's Eve. To be honest with you, I couldn't even walk straight. I was so kind of messed up. But now, you know, I took some time off. I took you know three or four days and waited for the symptoms to disappear, and then uh, I was good to go again. So I- I'm doing all right from that. The arms healing up. The shoulders healing up. The back seems to be okay as well, so, you know, I should be 100% or as close to 100% as, as I can be next uh, next time I wrestle. So did you uh, get injured in a match with uh, Austin Aries? Yeah, yeah, that was the match, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, you also went to uh, Melbourne and uh, Newcastle not too long ago. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? In Australia, you mean? Yes, Australia, yeah. Yeah, um, so that was June of last year, I think I was over there, and um, sort of the booking came out of the blue, and uh, you know, it was a place I'd always wanted to go and wrestle. I've been over there when I was like, 18 years old, and so it was fantastic to go back over there. You know, it was a, it was a great company to go and wrestle for over there, uh, some, some, some good wrestlers on the card, and uh, I got to work with Clam Digger Danielson a bit as well, so you know, can't complain. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Brian Dance is one of the, you know, hardest workers in the world, you know, along with yourself. Yeah. Um, what's your um, experiences with uh, pro wrestling Noah? Oh, I've been re- wrestling for them about, what, three or four years now, I think. Maybe three years, four years coming up uh, November. Um, you know, nothing but good things to say about them, really. Uh, if it wasn't for... Uh, them starting to use me at the end of 2005, to be honest with you, I probably would have quit wrestling because there was just, you know, I wasn't making enough money to to live at the time and I thought after six years, seven years of trying to make it, you know, there has to come a point where you say, I'm doing this for a living or else I'm not doing it anymore. And so, thankfully, uh, once I started getting booking over there in Japan, then, um, you know, I could do it for a living and uh, actually start to enjoy myself, you know, which is the whole point of being a wrestler in the first place. Uh, it's a great place to wrestle. It's uh, you know they got some absolute legends over there. You know, legends of the future as well. And uh, it's a very professional company. You wrestle four or five times a week. You know everything is paid for, taken care of. It's a fantastic place to wrestle. The fans are very supportive. They're very understanding. They're uh, just there. Uh, it's, it's a great place. The only thing about Japan, of course, is you're away from home for. a significant period of time and sometimes it's difficult to eat difficult to train and stuff like that so so it's good to come home oh yeah no doubt about it um what was your initial thoughts on of roh uh finally making it onto pay-per-view i was ecstatic when i found out you know i mean any any step uh towards more people seeing the product and us making more money and becoming more successful i'm 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 all for you know what i mean like people have been talking about 
getting on TV for the longest time. Um, and then sort of pay-per-view came out of, uh, out of nowhere, and before we knew it, there we were, you know. So it's good. It's, I don't think it's uh, like ECW to the extent where it's such a huge, huge overhead that we're kind of forced to either be a, very, a big success or we're going to fail. You know, it's a uh, baby steps. That's the good thing about Ring of Honor. They're not stupid. They're businessmen, and uh, they're not going to take any steps that's going to, you know, endanger the future of the company. Well, let me say this, uh, Nigel. I want to ask you this. We, we have a lot of listeners who are more, let's say, WWE and even uh, TNA to a certain extent viewers, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm still getting to know the Ring of Honor product myself. Now, for, for those people who are listening, could you kind of let them know maybe what they're missing out on? I mean, we've tried to definitely tell them, uh, you know, what a great product that Ring of Honor has, but coming from uh, the world champion himself, I mean, what's the one thing you could tell people that they're really missing out on when, when they're not watching Ring of Honor? Well, when you talk about TNA and you talk about WWE, there's certain constraints, there's certain restraints that are placed on the wrestlers because they're on TV. Um, there's certain things that you can do on uh, a regular show that you can't do uh, on a TV show. Uh, and because of that, Ring of Honor arguably has you know, the, the best quality, um, the highest standard of wrestling in the world today, you know. Uh, we don't have the production values of WWE, um, but uh, much much in the same way that ECW didn't have, it also had a different product. It had a niche. It had something that you can't see anywhere else, you know. You've got people doing high-flying things that you can't see anywhere else. You've got people hitting each other harder than you're going to see anywhere else. It's about passion. It's about really the love of professional wrestling and the honor that comes with that. And I'm not saying that that doesn't exist to a certain extent in all those other companies, but with Ring of Honor, it's a family, it's, it's passion, and it's just it's very difficult to explain, you know, until you've actually sat down and you've watched a show, you, you don't really get the idea. It's just the feel of it, you know. You turn on, you turn on a DVD or you buy the pay-per-view, it's a different product and it's something that it's not going to appeal to everybody, absolutely not. You know, that's not the intention. But there are plenty of people out there who may not have seen the product who I guarantee are going to be blown away if they do. Yeah, no question about it. I was actually wondering, um, whenever you were the, uh, the, pure, uh, heavy, uh, the pure champion, they... Uh, consolidated the titles, and I was just kind of curious, you know, if you knew why, why they got rid of the, the pure championship. Um, I think, you know, it had been around for a certain amount of time, um, and uh, there had been a few champions, that, you know, back and forth, and I think with my reign as sort of, you know, the, 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 the Dickie Heel champion, if you will, um, who wins at all costs, you know, um, I think they kind of figured maybe there was... There wasn't a whole lot more they could do with the belt. Um, you know, it sort of run its course as a gimmick. Um, maybe they got all the mileage out of it they could. And so they just figured, you know, um, let it lie and, and move on to the next stage of Ring of Honor. And to a certain extent, that's quite a uh, quite a compliment to yours truly because, you know, the, uh, I was the one that got it there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you were the longest reign champion. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that is quite an accomplishment, definitely. Um, so, do you prefer to be a face or a heel? 
You know, I'm not sure if, you know, those terms are really relevant nowadays. Uh, certainly in, in, in WWE, um, they more have a sense of, of, of a good guy and a bad guy dynamic. But even there, you know, I mean, Vince McMahon is, is now, you know, um, you know, he's famous for saying that, you know, it's not good guys and bad guys, it's all shades of grey, you know, and I'm not sure if I agree with that, that, that sort of idea either. But if you take a guy like John Cena... Um, you know, it's tough to say, is he a babyface or is he a heel, you know? Uh, certainly he's a babyface for a lot of the crowd. Certainly he's a heel also, you know? It's not so much whether you're a babyface or a heel in terms of who cheers you or who boos you. I think it's just an attitude, you know what I mean? And I think I would certainly... My attitude where I feel most comfortable, I guess, would be more closely identified as a heel. Um, but like I said, I, I don't know... How, how useful those sort of terms are nowadays in the wrestling business. Is there anyone in uh, WWE that you'd really be looking forward to working with? Yeah, John Cena. Love to. Hmm. Interesting. Why John Cena? Uh, because he is always in the main event of pay-per-views, therefore I'd get a smacking massive pay-per-view check as well. Plus, he's super over, you know what I mean? That's, that's half the problem. But I always remember when I first started wrestling Samoa Joe, that, I mean, it, it was difficult in that he'd punch you in the face and he'd beat you up and everything, you know what I mean? That's not the greatest. But from the other side of the coin, you never had to worry about Joe being over. You know, from the second he walked out that curtain to the second he walked back, he was one over son of a bitch, you know what I mean? And so that being the case, your job's half done. All you've got to do is meet him there. And I think John Cena is another great example of that, that whether you love him or you hate him, you care. You feel something about him. And that really is, uh, you know, the epitome of being a good pro wrestler. So he'd be a fantastic person to wrestle against. Do you ever see yourself going to WWE or a TNA promotion? Um, yeah, I mean, never say never. Uh, you know, I, I talked to a few of the boys at Ring of Honor, and, uh, of course, I think a lot of guys uh, arguably see Ring of Honor as a place where they can, you know, hone their skills um, and, and be seen more on a national level with an idea to go into one of those two companies. I'm not saying that's necessarily true for everybody. And to a certain extent, you know, I feel very happy in Ring of Honor at the moment, you know. There are certain things in Ring of Honor that you don't get in the other companies, you know. I mean, you're not going to make a million dollars wrestling for Ring of Honor, of course. But there's a certain sense of security uh, that I think a lot of the guys have there that arguably they don't have in, in the other companies, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, eventually, of course... Uh, push comes to shove, you've got to think about the future and you've got to think, well, you know, I'm going to have to retire at some point and I want to have a significant amount of money by then. But, uh, you know, there's no reason to think that in a year, two years, something like that. But, you know, that couldn't be the case in Ring of Honor and I think that's what everybody is hoping for, that, you know, we can keep pushing on and keep the quality of wrestling the way it is now and little by little build up the fan base to where, you know, we can really be a a big name in the market. Who's been your uh, favorite person uh, that you've worked with in Ring of Honor? Whew, um, favorite? Uh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I'm guessing I'm going to have to say Dragon. You know, I probably learned, learned so much just from wrestling Dragon 
and uh, and Joe as well. You know, um, it's tough to say favorite because favorite implies you enjoy it. You know, and and a lot of times learning isn't necessarily the enjoyable part. You know, when I look back on my career and I look back on the matches that really were important and that you know helped me progress to the next level, I think that that Joe and Dragon obviously were were a couple of the guys that really figured prominently in that direction. And now with that being said, uh, is there any match in your mind that sticks out as, uh, if not the most memorable, one of the most memorable? Um, I think the match with Dragon in uh, Liverpool was one that, you know, um, you know, helped me step up to the next level. Uh, crowd was fantastic. It was just one of those nights where, you know, people often talk about, you know, four-star matches or five-star matches or whatever else as if it's just the wrestlers, as if it's like, you know, this guy and this guy got together and they did these moves and had this match and it was five stars. But that's a very small portion of it. What you don't realize is that to have a five-star match, you have to have a five-star crowd. And, you know, whatever else you think about the match, on that night, the crowd was definitely a five-star crowd, um, you know. And there's been a couple of other instances as well where the crowd's really been into the match, and, and that's really such an important part of that in those sort of memorable lifetime matches, of course, beating um, Morishima for the Ring of Honor belt. Um, if I could remember as much about that match, um, would, would also be one that stands out. Um, with, the, with the whole, like, steroid allegation going on around, like, pro wrestling and all professional sports in general, like, um, what is your... What is your views on the whole steroid issues? Um, you know, steroids are a buzzword now. It's, uh, it's what a lot of people in the mainstream like to talk about. Uh, and arguably, in the last 20 years, there always has been about pro wrestling, you know. Um, wrestlers always have been associated with steroids, arguably more so than, than other sports people obviously use steroids, or, or professional bodybuilders who probably use a lot more steroids than, than wrestlers do, you know. I mean, it's important, it's significant, and, and I actually think it's, it's a subject that needs to be discussed and, and you know, there needs to be a, a, a decent conclusion, you know. There needs to be some, some rules made, some, some steps taken so that people don't, you know, end up dying at 40 years old again, as, as has been the case for the last 10 years. But, you know, the, the, the steroid thing, I think, to a certain extent, has a habit of, because it's such a, a hot topic, a hot-button topic at the moment, is it takes a lot of the focus away from the other aspects of the wrestling business, you know. I mean, I, I personally uh, have had to deal with that, you know, how, you know, with concussions now, you know, Chris Nowinski uh, and his guys um, have been putting a lot of... Um, research into concussions and the, the dangerous effects that they have on people in their later life, you know. That's something that, that definitely needs to be looked into as well as steroids, not to mention painkiller use, you know, the same thing, you know. We go out there and we get injured um, and, and, you know, we go out night after night after night. Eventually, there's going to come a point where the only way you can continue to perform is to take painkillers. That's just the only way you can physically do it. Now, luckily for me, I've managed, because of my schedule and because of a very understanding office at Ring of Honor, I've managed to avoid that eventuality. But, uh, you know, at some point, that's going to become the case for, for almost anybody as long as they continue to wrestle, you know what I mean? And that's, that's why there's, uh, it's very important that people sort of understand the uh, realities of the wrestling business. <clears throat> yeah, no question about it. 
is there any guys like that you just see in the ring that you haven't worked with currently in ROH that you just want to get in there and just you know have a go with them in the ring? And if so, who would that be? Mm, yeah, that's, a, that's a tough one off the top of my head. I've, I've wrestled a lot of the guys there at the moment, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I like wrestling like some of the small guys, uh, I think because that just presents a, more of a good uh, dynamic, good story uh, you can tell when you wrestle. Um, I've never wrestled Jack Evans. Um, M-Dog or Matt Cross is another guy that you know I never wrestled, uh, Alicia Ring of Honor. Uh, who I thought, you know, we have a good matchup uh, for sure. You know, Tyler Black is another guy um, who's coming along nicely. Um, whenever you're growing up as a as a kid, who did you uh, watch, or who were your like uh, favorite wrestlers? As a kid, man, I was a big Ultimate Warrior, Mark, uh, Hulk Hogan. You know, the usual suspects, Bret Hart, Ted DiBiase. I was just a big WWF mark, really. Um, what do you think about um, Gabe uh, Sapolsky's uh, outlook with uh, Ring of Honor um, coming into this year? I'm not, what, what, what do you mean by that? I'm not sure what you mean by well, Gabe. Like, um, well, I mean, I know y'all are on pay-per-view and everything like that, but like... Um, do you think like he's um I guess I would say do you think he's like taking the right direction with Ring of Honor at the, at the moment in in your view? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm the heavyweight champion. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think I think he's a, it's a, it's a genius direction, the best direction in the world, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh I do think he's doing well. I mean, you look at the guy's track record. Uh, I mean, what's he won Booker of the Year for the last two or three years or something like that? You know, he's. I think he's um, he's definitely going in the in the right direction. You know, um, it, it, being a Booker is um, much like being a world champion. In that you're, you're always going to have your critics. Um, you're always going to have people second guessing you, telling you, you know, they think they could do better or they know what the way that it should be going. Um, but, you know, until you're in that situation or until you've been put in that situation, then, you know, it's very difficult to have an opinion that's that's really valid, you know. I mean, uh, the great thing about Gabe as Booker is, you know, he has ideas, he has lots of ideas, some are good, not some are not so good by his own admission. But the one thing he doesn't do is say, this is the way it's going to be, and that's the end of it. He comes to you, he says, these are some ideas I've got, you know, tell me what you think. And a lot of times, pretty much, you know, 90% of the times, if you come back and you say, you know, I love that, but how about this? He'll, he'll go with it if he thinks it's a good idea, you know what I mean? And so rather than putting it all on his shoulders and saying, you know, it's my way or the highway or whatever else like that, you know, he takes the best from all the minds in Ring of Honor, and there's, you know, so many good, fantastic, you know, wrestling minds in the company as it is. Exactly right. Well, what do you think Ring of Honor, like, needs to really focus on to, you know, get people to start trying to, you know, order more pay-per-views and sell more merchandise and just get your name out there in general? It's a tough one, you know what I mean? Uh, that's that's marketing. Uh, that's business, which isn't really my side of, of things, you know. Um, I've never really trained in marketing uh, in, in the wrestling business or otherwise. Um, so, 
certainly TV is something that, you know, ever since the 50s when uh, TV came around, um, you know, for a wrestling company to be very successful, they had to have TV. Now, um, it's a different world today, obviously, with pay-per-view and, and the Internet than, than it was in the 50s, but I still think there's a certain sense of, of trueness to that. Um, but, you know, as, as you saw in, in, in ECW, you know, uh, TV can be a blessing, but at the same time it can also be an albatross to take a company down. So, you know, that would definitely be the, a good thing as long as it was the right situation. And as I said, I'm not a business person, so I wouldn't know the first thing about how to get on TV, what a good deal is or anything else, you know. I mean, we just need, I think, to have that sense of, of being superstars, you know, you turn on WWE, you see John Cena, you see Shawn Michaels, they're superstars, you know what I mean? Now, you watch Ring of Honor, and you're going to see, like I said, the best damn wrestling in the world. You're going to see characters, you're going to see passion, you're going to see stuff you're never going to see anywhere else. But because we're not on TV, because you can't just turn on your TV and go, oh, look, that person's right on TV in my living room, it doesn't give us the same sense of being, I don't know, larger than life, if you will. In America, everything's based around TV. The clothes you buy, the money you spend, it's all what you see on TV. So I guess in answer to your question, you know, it would be, you know, TV. we just got to find a way of doing it that, you know, is, is safe and it's not going to endanger the future of the company. Now, to your knowledge, has a TV deal has a TV deal even been discussed in your presence? I mean, do you know anything about it? Is it far fetched to say that a TV deal may be in the works? Or yeah, you know, um, they really don't talk to us about the the inner workings and the business of it. I, I didn't know we were going on pay per view until like a, a week or two before it happened. Um, I hear rumors, much the same as, as you guys probably do of TV, but I've heard them for the last two years and off. You know, I mean, we go on this station, we go on this station, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but, you know, I'll, I'll, you'll probably know about it before I was. Well, if you do get anything, tell them to put that shit on DirecTV because I have DirecTV. You guys are on Dish Network, In Demand, but not DirecTV. So if I have one favor to ask of you, please beat them over the head with that if you get the chance. <laughs> DirecTV, okay. I'll, I'll talk to the pay-per-view guy and I'll, I'll take it right away. All right. All right, Nigel, I have uh, one final question for you. Can you tell us a little bit about your um, your training um, coming up and, and you know, just uh, who trained you and everything like that? Well, I originally started at HWA in Cincinnati with Les Thatcher. Um, that was, what, 97, 98? Um, and Les was running the place. Um, he was pretty hands-on, but at the same time, Shark Boy had a big hand in training me, Cody Hawk. Um, Bull Payne uh, was another guy around there that, that had a good hand in, uh, you know, smiling me up to certain aspects of the business. Um then after that, I went back to England, wrestled for Brian Dixon's All-Star Promotions, where uh, Finley and, and Regal both cut their teeth as well. Uh, Robbie Brookside, who was a big influence on me, James Mason, to a certain extent, Doug Williams as well. You know, a lot of those guys that really epitomise the British style, they uh, they influenced me greatly over there. And then 
once I came back and started wrestling for Ring of Honor more, then, you know, it was guys like Joe um, who really influenced me to to, to adapt my style one more time, you know, to, to, to what it is today. Oh, yeah. I, I, gotta, uh, I gotta mention, uh, we do have someone in the chat uh, by the name of Armand. He is a huge ROH fan, and he, he wants you to know that, uh, in his opinion, you and the ROH uh, wrestlers and staff are larger to life, larger than life to him. I mean, how, how do you feel when people uh, tell you things like that? I mean, certainly it's got to be good to know that uh, you guys are definitely you know, entertaining people and putting on a great show for them. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, you know. It, it's a cliche, I think, um, to say, hey, we do it for the fans um, because obviously there's a lot more to it than that. But that's a huge part of it, you know. I mean, just here recently, uh, when I got the 30 stitches in my head and the, the fractured nose and the concussion, you know, and I kind of copped a bit of heat from some of the, you know, I'll call them wrestling fans, but uh, I use it in the loosest sense of the word. I kind of copped a little bit of heat for not wrestling the next night. Um, and I kind of felt a little bit hard done by, you know. I mean, it looked like I'd been in a car accident. It was clear that I was in no state to wrestle, and yet the, the sort of hatred that these people seem to, uh, you know, project upon me simply because I was doing what was best for my health, and, and arguably what's best for the future of, of, of the championship as well, because there's no point stripping me of the belt, you know, if I just go out around wrestling until I, you know, get beaten to death. But after that, um, you know, for the next week or two, I must have had, you know, maybe like 50 emails from various different people just saying, you know what, I'm behind you and I support you. And, and, and it means everything to me. And I know it wasn't easy to take that night off um, and you wanted to rest anyway. But, you know, I'm behind you and, and, you know, just don't worry about it. And that meant so much to me. I can't begin to, to say, you know. And as far as being larger than life characters, I'm not saying that we're not larger than life so much. I'm just saying it's a different thing to buy a DVD and see somebody and turn on your TV. I think you understand, you appreciate that it's it's just a different medium. Does that, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Right, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, last thing uh, before we go. Um, what, what's next for Nigel McGuinness? Uh, what's next for, for you in the year 08, uh, the foreseeable future? Um, well, uh, May, I'm back uh, in pro wrestling now, I believe. Um, I'll be over there for a tour, hopefully for some other time later in the year as well. Um, and, and a long a long title reign with this belt, you know. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. There's no doubt about it. You know, if it's, if it was difficult to win the belt, then believe me, keeping the belt is even more difficult because there's just so much more pressure, so many more people going for you. You know, from Dragon, who's hell-bent on, like, injuring me and getting the belt off me. Ares, um, Claudio, the guys in Japan. The list goes on, you know. Everybody in that company is gunning for me now because they want that belt. So I'm just going to do my absolute best to keep it as long as I can, you know what I mean? And uh, and that's all you can do, you know what I mean? It's... Uh, People say Dragon's the best wrestler in the world, and arguably he is, you know. And for the longest time, I used to look at him, and I, and he just used to, you know, I'd tear me hair out and say, how on earth am I ever going to compete with him? He's just such a fantastic wrestler. 
And then I realized one day I don't have to compete with him. You know, I don't have to be the best wrestler in the world. All I have to do is be the best wrestler that I can be. And as long as I do that, I can go to bed at night happy. Very well said. Now, before we let you go, um, how can fans reach you on the Internet? Uh, I believe NigelMcGuinness.com. Uh, I believe that there's a website that uh, uh, my web met much set up for me. Um, and there's also a couple of MySpace accounts that various people, the, the girl that does my website, she set one up on there, and I think there's another one on there that another of my fans uh, set up. So uh, that's the easiest way. There should be a link. Just go nigelmcginnis.com. There'll be a link off of that. So. Fantastic. Well, good luck with your uh, reign as the ROH World Champion. And, Nigel, thank you so much uh, for taking the time out to speak with us here on the shoot and uh, have a have a great night no worries guys thanks for giving us a chance and uh you know, keep pushing the product you know the more the more competition there is out there the better for the wrestling business and the better for the wrestling fans absolutely we'd love to have you back on soon hopefully we'll talk to you shortly no worries and all the best cheers now bye-bye